Three trades, a wide receiver, offensive lineman, and a cornerback. We're breaking down what the Buffalo Bills did on day three of the 2023 NFL Draft today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game. Well, folks, the Bills made three selections on day three of the 2023 NFL Draft. Florida wide receiver Justin Shorter, Ole Miss offensive lineman Nick Broker, and Oregon State cornerback Alex Austin. Also, Brandon Bean executed three trades. So we have a lot to reflect on here during this episode. So let's start with that first pick that they made, which came in the fifth round, number 150 overall. The Buffalo Bills selected Florida wide receiver Justin Shorter, player the Bills had in for a 30 visit. We were kind of prepared for this selection, so let's talk about it. Uh, 23 years old. He just turned 23, actually, on April 17th. He's a native of Monmouth Junction, New Jersey. Played baseball growing up and then started playing football in eighth grade. He also competed in track when he was in high school in the sprints and the relay races was a three-year starter in high school as a cornerback and wide receiver, and he played wide receiver in a triple option offense. And so you don't get a lot of chances to catch football in triple option offense, but he was still a five-star recruit, one of the biggest recruits in the 2018 class, the number one wide receiver, the number eight overall recruit. In fact, he was rated higher than Jalen Waddell and Jamar Chase coming out of high school. Uh, He started his career at Penn State. That's where he initially committed to and played there for two seasons, but never really claimed a prominent role in the offense. I think he caught like 13 passes in two seasons, and then he transferred to Florida where he spent three more seasons. Now his production got better at Florida, but it was still pretty modest. In 2020, he caught 25 passes for 268 yards and three touchdowns. 2021, 41 receptions, 550 yards and three touchdowns. And then last season, 29 catches, 577 yards, and two touchdowns. Justin Shorter has great size. He's 6'4 and a quarter, 230 pounds, 10 inch hands, 33 and three quarter inch arms, and in a wingspan of 82 and three eighth inches. He's got really good size. His RAS score is a 794, which is very good. Um, ran a 455 40 yard dash at 230 pounds. Now, his RAS score isn't higher, and that's really due to his agility scores were pretty poor in terms of the shuttle, the short shuttle, and the three cone. In terms of the skill set here, 
his strengths are size and speed, right? You get length, you get height, you get mass, and you get a guy that can run fast. I mean, four five five at that at that size is really good. And when you watch him play, you can see good vertical ball tracking skills. So for a guy that can get down the field and he can track the football and make plays vertically, he's got really, really strong hands, only one drop over his last two seasons in college, and that came on 114 targets. And so you watch him play, he's got strong, confident hands, and he tracks the football well. And so you can see there's a nice package here, size, speed, ball skills, hands. They're all good traits for him. He's a good vertical receiver. He averaged 19.9 yards per catch in 2022. And of his 29 catches, nine came when he was targeted more than 20 yards down the field. And in those situations where he was targeted 20 yards or more down the field, he won in contested situations, five of seven actually in contested situations when targeted down the field. And so when you talk about a big bodied receiver with speed, You'd like them to be able to win in contested situations down the field, and Justin Shorter proved to do that during his time at Florida. Uh, For a big receiver, I like that he plays big, and he's a physical blocker. He's really competitive at the catch point. You have a big receiver that plays like he's a big receiver. And the last thing I'll say here in terms of the strengths is special teams. He's an experienced special teams player, especially as a gunner on the punt team. That's very important when we get to the conversation about his impact on the roster, that layer is going to be critical. As for weaknesses, when it comes to Justin Shorter's skill set, tight hips. He's he's tightly wound guy. He's not a very dynamic route runner or separator. You're not going to see a ton of separation quickness at the top of routes. Um, Getting in and out of those hard horizontal breaks, he kind of labors to do that, kind of leggy and and not very sudden or smooth through uh, those horizontal breaks. Also, not a very uh, dynamic player in terms of yards after catch, a very modest yards after catch player. You're not going to really see him uh, make people miss. Not very dangerous with the ball in his hands. In fact, he only averaged 3.4 yards after catch per reception for his career. Now, some of this is kind of being used down the field a little bit, uh, but at the college level, you'd like to see a little bit more production, and then you watch him play, and you realize that there's just not that twitch and that suddenness to really make people miss in space. So you're not really going to get a dynamic separator or a dynamic yards after catch threat in the form of Justin Shorter. The last thing I'll say in terms of weakness is I think we should acknowledge that he's a college underachiever. Came through with a a ton of hype for what this guy could be at the college level, and he wounds up being just a a modestly productive player uh, and had to transfer, and then things got a little better, but still not a a high-volume, dominant receiver like you would expect for his recruiting status. As for Justin Shorter's impact on the Buffalo Bills roster, I think he is rosterable, and that's good, right? You're talking about fifth round, and one thing we mentioned on the podcast kind of leading up into the draft, as I said, on day three, you're looking for rosterability. I think in Justin Shorter, you have that. Um He brings something different to the table than the rest of the Bills wide receivers where you get size, you get physicality, you get speed, you get good hands, you get good ball skills, and you get that special teams ability. And so when you talk about that bottom of the depth chart, that typically can get you to stick around, and I like that. You look at this Bills wide receiver depth chart, and it's it's Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, 
Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield. I think that's five. Justin Shorter is your six. That wouldn't surprise me at all, assuming everyone's healthy when the Bills make their 53-man roster to go in against, you know, week one against whoever they're playing. If that were the six receivers on the roster, that would not surprise me. And so I see a very clear path here. Uh, in terms of my just my overall thought here, my my closing thought here on Justin Shorter in this pick, I mean, I grade him, I had him graded in the fifth round, and that's where the Bills took him. So the value here is appropriate. I think there's a little bit of upside here that makes it intriguing. And again, a clear understanding of his path to help this football team, and, and you can understand why the Bills drafted him. Overall, I do like this selection for Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills. In just a moment here, we're going to talk about the Bills' next pick, Nick Broker, seventh rounder out of Ole Miss. But first, I need to tell you about Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk all about this game, and if you think you'd make a good GM, then you got to give it a try. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and try to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season, all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, playable, offline, on the go, as you want, and when you want to. Locked On Bills listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Let's transition this conversation to the Bills' next draft pick in the seventh round, number 230 overall. Ole Miss offensive lineman Nick Broker, 22 years old. He turns 23 in October, a native of Springfield, Illinois. Played offensive line and defensive line in high school. He got a little run at tight end, too. I think he caught a 52-yard touchdown pass in high school, and uh, there's some rumblings that he had the best hands on the team. So a little fun lair as you think about maybe uh, him catching a pass in the NFL at some at some point in time. He also played basketball in high school, was a, was a good basketball player, an all-state selection as a senior where he averaged 16.7 points per game and 9.5 rebounds per game. Uh, Broker was a three-star recruit. He picked Ole Miss over Illinois, Michigan State, Minnesota, Purdue, and Ohio State who came in late into the picture, but he really liked um, Ole Miss and their coaching staff, and he stayed there. Uh, in terms of size, he's 6'4 and 3'8, 305 pounds, 32 and a half inch arms, 9 and 3 quarter inch hands. So, okay size, and an RAS score of an 823. So, a pretty solid RAS score. Was a three year starter at Ole Miss. Uh, his first two seasons as a starter were at left tackle. And then this past year, he switched over to guard. Uh, you can almost count him as a four year starter, but he never started any games as a freshman. Um, but he played over 40 snaps per game at left tackle despite not starting any, so he kind of worked into the lineup. So a lot of experience across four years at Ole Miss, uh, and you love that, right? A lot of experience against top competition, the SEC. So that's uh, that's very good for him. In terms of the skill set here, the strengths, I think my favorite thing about Nick Broker is that he plays within himself. You know, he's not a guy that gets overextended or um, – 
tries to be over eager and or anxious or anything like that. He plays within his own capabilities. And that means he has good body control. He's got pretty solid flexibility, pretty solid movement skills. He doesn't really have to chase blocks. That's a, a real solid uh, attribute to have where you can stay square and compete to stay square and not really have to chase the rep. And uh, you see that a lot from Nick Broker. I think he plays with good angles, and that's very helpful, especially in the run game where he's got okay reach, not super powerful, not super athletic, but his understanding of angles and using his technique to his advantage allows him to find some success despite very modest physical gifts. And overall, you just think about him being an Aaron Cromer guy when you watch him play, and you think about some of the late-round linemen that Aaron Cromer's had successful success with over his career, whether that's even a David Edwards, uh, who's now in the Bills but had a nice run with the Rams, Brian Allen, these types of players, um, Austin Blythe, you know, not necessarily the most dynamic physical packages, but he's found ways to get them productive in the NFL, and I think that could potentially happen for Nick Broker. Also a team captain, had no injuries throughout his career um, in, in college. The people around the program, they rave about his work ethic. I had a chance to be around him. I did a community service project with him. Really nice dude, very personable, um, and I enjoyed you know being with him uh, for a couple hours uh, when I was with him in, at the Senior Bowl. Um, in terms of weaknesses here, I, I think he can develop his frame. I mean, a guy that you look at and, and you know you're looking for more muscle mass, more thickness throughout his frame. You know, you talk a. Uh, Talk about players a lot of times, and you hear maybe people that analyze and, and evaluate players, and they'll say, look, he doesn't really look the part, or he does look the part. I think with Nick Broker, right, working on his frame, it, it would be a benefit to him and really um, doing so, not just so that he looks more like an NFL offensive lineman, but that he may have more dynamic functional strength at his disposal when he plays. And that's kind of my criticism towards him. And look, he's a seventh-round pick, right? We're not talking about uh, a high pick or anything like that. So there's going to be some criticisms. You know, he's only got average power. You know, he really does rely on angles and technique to be able to find success. He's only got average lateral quickness and that ability to slide and redirect his weight. Um, you don't really see him make, making that much of an impact when pulling and, and, and working into space. And so just overall, when it comes to weaknesses, it's just a very modest physical package in terms of body composition, size, power, and movement skills. So what is the impact on the roster here for Nick Broker? I think he might have an uphill climb to make the roster if there aren't any injuries. You know, I think the Bills will ultimately roster nine or ten offensive linemen. And you look at it and you say, okay, well, Deion Dawkins, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morse, Ryan Bates, uh, Spencer Brown, Osiris Torrance. I think those six are are locks to make the roster. And then you look at the depth and you see David Edwards, David Questenbury, Mike Bucker, Tommy Doyle, and now Nick Broker. And if the Bills keep 10, which I think is the most offensive lineman they will roster, one of those players won't make it. So one of Edwards, Questenbury, Bucker, Doyle, Broker, assuming good health, you know, nobody has to be on the pup list or the injured reserve list. You know, somebody has to go here. And who's it going to be? You know, I think that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. I think you can assume there'll be some injuries, right? That's uh, that's always safe, and I'm not saying it was a wasted pick or anything like that, but I do think that there is some things that have to go right for him to make this roster. Um, and I think about some of the late day three offensive line picks that the Bills made in recent years, like Jack Anderson, like Luke Tenuta, 
um, who didn't make the roster. And then, you know, Jack Anderson gets plucked by the Eagles and actually was on their active roster. And then Luke Tenuta, I, I can't remember if it was the, the Packers uh, that initially plucked him. And then he, he wound up kind of finishing the season on the Colts. But, you know, late round picks that you really don't get a chance to, to work with um, outside of that initial, okay, run up to, you know, mini camps and, and training camp preseason. Then they don't make the roster. They get plucked and you don't really get a chance to get anything for your draft pick. And so you worry a little bit about that for Nick Broker. Um, and I think it's it's reasonable to bring that up in this conversation. So overall here, I think this is a fine selection. I think he could have got drafted in the fifth round and, and nobody would have been surprised by that. Um, a lot of people, myself, kind of valued him in, in that middle of day three range. So I think it's, it's good, appropriate value. Uh, I'm not sure that he ever will be a starter. I don't think he has really the makeup of an NFL starter, but can he be a reasonable backup uh, that can, you know, play multiple spots? I know he's never played a game at center, but uh, he did at the senior bowl and Brandon Bean acknowledged that he's done that in practice before. He does have a lot of playing experience at tackle um, at the college level, but I don't, I don't see any appeal for him to play tackle in, in the NFL. So I think he's maybe a three, Holes, uh, a three-hole guy on the interior, and he could have a nice career as a reasonable reserve-type player, and I think that would be a good uh, return on investment if that's what he proves to be as a seventh-round pick. All right, we got one more pick to analyze here. That's cornerback Alex Austin, and I do want to talk about the trades that Brandon Bean made, but first, I got to tell you about Bilt Bar. Folks, if you haven't tried Bilt Bars by now, I don't know what you're waiting for. These are the best-tasting protein bars on the planet. They're delicious and they're healthy. They're delicious because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they also come in so many great flavors. Churro, brownie batter, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, just to name some of my favorites off the top of my head. They're so good. It's like eating a candy bar, but they're good for you. They're low sugar. They're low calorie, high in protein. They got off the chart macros. And uh, you, you love eating these things because they're healthy and they are delicious. And folks, if you want to try them, go to built.com. Use our promo code LOCKDOWN15. You'll get 15% off your next order, but you can also head to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box off the shelf. Try them. You'll thank us later. All right, one more draft pick to talk about as well as these trades. So in the seventh round, pick 252, the Buffalo Bills selected Oregon State cornerback Alex Austin. He's 21 years old. He turns 22 in May a native of Long Beach, California, and he played big-time college football out there at Long Beach Polytechnic High School, which uh, has produced more than 50 other NFL players. So a nice pipeline coming from Long Beach Poly. Uh, a three-year starter there at wide receiver and cornerback. He also competed in track and field as a sprinter in the 100 and 200 meters was a three-star recruit. He chose Oregon State over Colorado, Hawaii, New Mexico, San Jose State, Utah, and Wyoming. Don't tell Josh Allen he, he said no to Wyoming, but obviously that's the Power 5 offer that he got Oregon State. Makes a lot of sense, and it's I'll tell you what, this is a really weird sidebar, but watching the ascension of Oregon State over the last few years has been really, really fun. Oregon State was probably my favorite college football team to watch last year uh, to kind of see that program turn around. Uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, his younger brother is actually a four-star recruit that is heading to Oregon this fall, and he had all, all the offers, like LSU, Alabama, all the big schools offered him, but he's going to Oregon. Uh, Alex Austin, 
three-year starter starter at Oregon State. Very productive uh, ball production, 24 pass breakups, four interceptions uh, throughout his time at Oregon State. He's six foot one, 195 pounds, 32-inch arms, so really good size in terms of height, weight, and length. His RAS score is just okay, 7.3. Uh, ran a 4.55 40-yard dash. Had a really good 10-yard split of a 1.51, but overall his agilities and his jumps were pretty poor, and I think that shows up on tape. He's a very average athlete with modest change of direction skills, right? Not a super twitchy or dynamic mover, um, you know, relative to cornerbacks that play in the NFL. Let's break down the skill set here. His strengths, I mean, good size. We talked about that. He's a physical player in coverage, whether that's press man, whether that's being aggressive in the contact window. You love the the competitiveness and physicality that he shows in coverage. Also at the catch point, that definitely shows up. I think he's a coordinated mover, maybe not a very explosive mover, but coordinated, um, solid coverage instincts. You're not a guy that's going to see him just out of position all the time, doesn't really bite on double moves or or, uh, take the eye candy and get himself out of positions that he's supposed to be. So I think he's a disciplined player in coverage, which I appreciate. He's got really good ball skills. They're very sound. You can see he's got that receiver background. Uh, It shows up. um, Guy that when his back's to, uh, excuse me, when he's he's in zone coverage, so he's kind of playing in a side saddle, uh, cueing the backfield. Uh, You can see him being able to work into throwing lanes and, and showing good timing and anticipation to break on the football. Uh, he's a a willing player against the run and tackling. There's some concerns there, but I like that he's a willing player. He's got good eye discipline, not a player that is is constantly kind of peeking back. Um, he He's a guy that his eyes are where they're supposed to be, and I think that leads to him not being uh, moved out of in bad spots in coverage. There's, there's good eye discipline there, and that's sometimes an issue for uh, cornerbacks that don't trust their technique. I think that Alex Austin is a corner that does trust his technique. And I think he projects well to zone coverage. And so you think stylistically the type of defense the Bills run, I think he's a, a pretty good fit. Although, you know, of course you wish he was a little bit more dynamic of an athlete, which leads us into the weaknesses where he's not very explosive, right? He's got some appeal in press man coverage, but you don't want him playing off coverage or uh, having to carry those routes vertically down the field on an Island. That's not going to put him in situations that will make him successful. So there's some scheme specificity here with a player like Alex Austin. Now, fortunately for the Bills, it is the scheme that they run, but um, he doesn't really allow you to do uh, everything that you may want because uh, some of those man off-man coverage limitations do exist. You know, not a guy that has the makeup athleticism to be wrong, right? Can't make mistakes, can't have false uh, steps or, or miss footwork uh, because he doesn't have that that reactive athleticism that's good enough to make up for it. So it has to be really on point with uh, his technique and processing skills. Uh, I I did praise him for being physical and competitive, but I would say that playing off contact and tackling are below average uh, skills of his. A lot of missed tackles when you study his tape. Um, And he's not a guy that really can get off blocks with consistency. And I think when you couple that with the fact that Oregon State never and I mean, never asked him to be on the punt team or the kick team. He's never asked to cover kicks and punts. That speaks to uh, what you see in terms of, hey, he doesn't really get off contact. He doesn't really tackle well. Well, that's true. That doesn't make him a good special teams player. And that's that's definitely a concern that I have, uh, given we're talking about a depth cornerback, a developmental depth cornerback. 
you're going to have to be able to play special teams to get on the roster or, or you know, or play right in a game on a Sunday. So uh, that that's a major concern that I do have with this player in terms of his impact on the roster. It's interesting because Brandon Bean during his uh, post-draft press conference talked about the need of adding a corner, right? They, he said they, we, for numbers sake, we, we had to add a corner and um, you look at this group and you've got Trey white, you got Kyer Elam, you got Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, Taron Johnson, Saran Neal, that's six. That might be all that makes the team again, if everyone's healthy. And I surely don't think that Alex Austin is going to bump off any of the players that I just mentioned. So I think he's more of a hedge here uh, in terms of depth. Uh, if somebody were to get hurt, um, Overall, I, I think he's a developmental option that could be groomed to be the cornerback four and replace Dane Jackson after this season who came back on a very modest one-year deal. But again, can he make the roster if he can't help this team on special teams? And again, he didn't help Oregon State on special teams, and so that is a concern. He's going to have to be a stash on the practice squad and, again, hope that he doesn't get plucked, right? I mean, you saw this happen with Rashad Wild Goose. You saw this happen with a Nick McLeod. Uh, not that Nick McLeod was a draft pick, but somebody with some ability that uh, the Bills couldn't roster on the practice squad and ultimately don't get to continue working with the player. And, and I guess I have a level of concern that the same thing could happen with Alex Austin. All right. So we've talked about all the Bills draft picks, um, obviously the last three or yeah, the last three today. But you know, we talked about Osiris Torrance and Dorian Williams uh, on yesterday's podcast. And of course, an entire show on Dalton Kincaid, the Bills first round pick. Already, but I do want to talk about the trades that uh, Brandon Bean made on day three. He made three of them, and I, I really like these trades. I think they make a lot of sense. Uh, maybe you could uh, not love every pick that the Bills made and say, well, they maybe could have stayed where they were and got a player I like more. I, I don't know. I don't really get into that. Um, I thought that the trades that he made were very, very successful, especially coming into uh, the final day of the draft, the last four rounds of the draft. The Bills only had two picks. And I think that Brandon Bean did a good job of turning two picks this year into three picks this year and two extra picks last year. So he took these two picks and turned them into, uh, uh, was that, would that be four picks, right? So he doubled it up. I think that's a, that's a really good job. Uh, so the first trade was at 137 where the Bills were scheduled to pick. They traded that to the commanders for 150 uh, and 215, right? So they moved back 13 spots and they pick up that additional uh, pick this year, number 215. I like that. Then they took pick 205, traded that to the Texans for pick 230. So you move back 25 spots and you get a 2024 sixth round pick from Houston. And that 2024 sixth round pick from Houston, I would expect to be in the 180 to 190 range. And so you move back a little bit, you still get a, a player in the 2023 draft, but you're probably going to move up from 205 with that extra pick next year. I think that's a really good value. Same sim type deal here when the Bills moved back from 215 where they were scheduled to pick, sent that to the Rams for 252 and a 2024 six-round pick. Again, I'd expect that pick to be around pick 180 to 190. And so this put the Bills in position to get more picks this year and more picks next year. And so you know, not blockbuster trades, but good value um, in my opinion, for the Bills here, and uh, really good trades for Brandon Bean. And now you're looking at this 2024 NFL draft for the Buffalo Bills, and they got 10 picks, 10 picks scheduled to make next year right now. Their first-round pick, second-round pick, third-round pick, 
They're expected to get a third-round pick for losing Tremaine Edmonds due to the compensatory pick formula. You got a four, a five. You got your own six. You got the Rams six. You got the Houston six and a seventh, so 10 picks. And Brandon Bean talked about this during his press conference, and he said, look, it gives him the ammo that he needs to move up for guys, right? He wants to have those those darts to throw you know, at the board, but also – we know that Brandon Bean's going to trade up. It's what he does, right? And now he'll move back a little bit at times in the middle rounds to kind of recoup some picks that are later, but Brandon Bean trades up, and he does it all the time. He's made six first-round picks as a, the GM of the Bills, and, and four times he traded up. Josh Allen, Tremaine Evans, Kyer Elam, and Dalton Kincaid. Only twice did he stick and pick, and that's Ed Oliver at number nine, and then Greg Rousseau at number 30. So... From my perspective, knowing that I, you know, I want draft picks, I like that Brandon Bean just, you know, he's going to trade up no matter what. He traded up this year. He had six picks, gave up his fourth rounder. So I, I think it's good for him to have these uh, in the holster so that he can not only go get the guys that he wants to do, which we know he's going to, but also he's got some picks that he can make later on to make sure he fills out the depth of the roster. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. we got plenty more discussion coming about these draft picks and um, a lot of different ways I want to look at this throughout the course of the coming week. And, you know, Brandon Bean talked about potentially adding a veteran defensive lineman this week because, you know, look, that's that's if I had a criticism towards the draft, I think I mostly like the draft. And I think there's only one pick that I really have a lot of criticism for. And we, we talked about Dorian Williams, and you can go back and listen to those thoughts. Um, but my my concern going into the draft was defensive front seven, and and I don't think Brandon Mean really did anything to improve the defensive front seven. So um, he was asked about that and said there's you know chance they could add a veteran defensive lineman this week. So I'm going to be uh, anxious about that uh, as well. So uh, you know a lot to talk about. Obviously, the rest of this uh, off season, you know, I have a lot of creative concepts. If you're if you're an everydayer, you know what I, I you have coming here in the coming months, but. Uh, maybe you're new to the podcast and um, just want to remind you, we are daily all year long. So uh, stick around. Make sure that you're subscribed. We would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. Look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.